Hey everybody, welcome to episode 30 of the Balance Room Music Podcast. I am your host, musician and producer, Ingrid Wood. This podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play for you to subscribe to. Now, this episode is part two of the conversation that I have with uh, Cincinnati barber and business owner, Corn the Barber. So if you have not listened to part one of the conversation, I encourage you to listen to episode 29. Something I forgot to mention in episode 29, since Corn and I had this conversation, Corn has come out with a really cool app. Uh, you can look, just look it up, Corn Cuts, C-U-T-T-Z. So, you know, if you live in Cincinnati area um, and you he's your barber, if you're looking for a barber, you can download this app. You can um, book your book your appointments on there, all, all types of stuff. So I forgot to mention that in episode 29. But without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, continue on with this conversation and step into the balance room. I've heard, I heard you say to Sadia once, you ask, like, do you have clients or do you have customers? <laughs> and I think with with any job of service, because just music musicians, it's a job of service too. Like you know, you have your artist mode and you create it, but once you put it out there for people to consume, you know what I'm saying you're providing a service. So, what's as a as a service <laughs> provider, what what's the difference between clients and customers? It's funny you bring that up. When I teach classes from time to time, that's one of my um, biggest things is when you're designing your business model you have to know if you want clients or customers to me a customer is somebody that i may see once twice three times a year maybe if that even that and they i just want this cut that's it it's like going through mcdonald's let me get a number one they don't know your name they don't they just want to know if it's cash or credit at at any given moment i can grab a client that I may not have haven't even seen for years, and I may not be able to remember your name, but I may remember some of the conversation we had. I give you an example. One of my clients, his dad, texts me. He might not be able to make it on Friday. He has a standing two week Friday appointment uh, because he had a real bad asthma attack. A day later, oh man, he's out of um, ICU. He's doing a lot better. But I was on a group message with the family. To me, that was like wow. That to me that speaks volumes. Um, saying that you put me in a group text with your family. How many people put their barber in a group text with their family? That is a client. So for me, it's knowing something personal. They know personal stuff about you. Most of my clients hear me talk about my wife, my daughter, my family. They may ask me, like, what's your next move for business? And I'll have an answer for them. But it's, it's, it's a relationship. It's not just a service being provided. Um, it's exchanging ideas to me when a client is in the chair it's like going to church or when someone has you captive for 30 minutes or an hour they can pour bad into you or they can pour good into you and it's an opportunity to from your experiences to help them and from the experiences you hear because who doesn't talk to their stylist or their barber I mean you hear a lot of good interesting information you take your own experiences the things you hear and you try and do your best with your clients to empower them, to to help them, to just build them up. Because when they succeed, you succeed. When they get that new job from that fresh haircut, you know, you might instead of getting a $2 tip, I mean, man, I really appreciate it. Here, I'm going to double you up this time. Oh, man, thanks. Or, man, look, I'm going to drop my son off 
He tripping in school, man. Can you talk to him? Okay. You know I'm just a barber. Man, come on, man. Just talk to him, man. All right, I got you. And and sometimes they'll open up to you and they won't even open up to their parents. So I just think it's uh having clients just it just builds your network better. It 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 lets them know they're a part of what's going on. It may help you out. My wife says all the time she'll be at work and I'm like, hey, hi, Mrs. Corn. Cause they don't know her name, but they just know that's that's Corn's wife. So you Mrs. Corn. So, or my daughter may be somewhere. Dad, I saw one of your clients. I don't know which one was it. I don't know. He weighed, I weighed back. And then I got a discount on these shoes. Okay, cool. It's just, it's just amazing how one person can affect so many other people. And then those people can affect other people from what you did. So to me, for me and my business model, clients are key. If you are a speed cutter and you don't really want to talk to them and you want to get them in, get them out, customers may be the way for you. And to me, there's a, a way to market with different wording to a customer versus a client. So for me, clients are key. What was the, what was the actual process of transitioning to own your own your own business, your own shop? Most things that I do, even with buying a clipper um, or picking up a new product, I, I do research. And the first thing I did was if I would be driving down the street and I'm like, man, I make a good location, I would call. And that's when I start finding out different information on leases, what they require in the lease, how much of a deposit do they want down. They're looking at your credit. All those things kind of help me put little tools on my tool belt. Every shop I've worked in, um, especially the last one, uh, James Crawford, the owner of Ladies First, really gave me the blueprint to open in my own shop. Just listening to him and looking at his example of how he treated, I don't want to say employees, but co-workers. Example, Friday, everybody's in there working. We run out of hot water. Next week, there's a new hot water in there, a larger one. Friday comes around again. At the end of the day, we're running out of hot water. Saturday, it happens again. Two, three weeks later, there's an extra hot water in the building. There's not many owners that will do things like that. So when you work with somebody like that, James was just being James and will continue to be James. But he set the standard of what I was used to extremely high. Example, when I first got to working with James, I'm one of those barbers that I have a lot of products and I keep them out. He saw that the cabinet space wasn't enough for me. I get a text message at 930 at night of my station and I'm like, oh, okay, great. He's like, no, look close. He took another cabinet and put it under the countertop for me. So I had double the amount of space. So when you work with somebody like that, that takes all your excuses away for you not to fail, it sets the bar high so that for you, for me to step out on my own, I told him like, James, you made it hard. You make it hard for somebody to want to go open their own spot. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, every, every thing you need to, to progress, to excel, he does for you. We did business cards together or flyers together. We've done shirts together and we hand them out everywhere we went. There's cable, Wi-Fi, comfortable seating for your for your clients, roomy parking, uh, a safe environment where you don't feel like you're going to get jacked when you left. Snacks, chips, drinks, clean bathroom, because in the barber industry now you see more women and aunts and grandmas bringing their kids versus dad, brother, uncle. So women don't feel comfortable in some of the barbershops in our industry now. So when that bar is set that high 
it makes it extremely hard for you to open your own. So once I opened my own, I said, okay, my clients are used to this. I have to keep it here or raise that bar higher or let them know, hey, we're starting off here, but we're going to the top. The process was definitely um, uh, was a personal struggle but a personal goal that I wanted. So dealing with people like him, like, hey, man, where'd you get those towels at? Oh, man, I got those at Sally's. Oh, man, good looking. I appreciate that. Or if I come across a deal, hey, man, I got this chair here. You might want to check it out. Or just when you when you deal with positive people like that, he planted some seeds in me. I've moved out and grown. Now I'm planting seeds with other people. The more positive people we have in an industry like this, the better the industry becomes. James is one of those guys. He works seven days a week. But when he goes on vacation, he goes on vacation. When he wants a new car, he goes and gets a new car. Once he want, when he wants a motorcycle, he go gets a motorcycle. But when you work seven days a week, no less than eight hours a day, I've never seen him with a bad attitude, maybe down, not feeling his best, but always at work. Man, people like that to leave an example for you. They set the bar high. But Miss Mary set the bar high for him and somebody set the bar high for her. Uh, and everybody's not going to step up to that bar. Some people are not designed or ready to be owners. It'll put you to the test. So this is my question to you, because um, a lot of times, you know, this is the generation of instant gratification. And so so you were barbering for how many years until you until you decided to finally get your own shop. Like it wasn't like, Oh, I'm a barber in 2005. And now in December, 2005, I'm going to get my own shop. For me, after working for um, different companies over the years, that was part of developing myself uh, from uh, Frisch's, Wendy's, Rally's, La Rosa's, cell phone, Beeper Vibe, Cincinnati Bell, Time Warner Cable, all those companies, Insight Communication, all those companies, I learned something from as an employee, as management. There's a time for things. There's a time to make that move. And for me, when when God, when it's for you, God puts everything in place and it falls in place for me. That's how I know when because <clears throat> before I um, opened my own, I was going to do it before. And I told James, like, yeah, I'm about to get my own spot. But the math didn't add up. The build out cost was like, um, I don't have the pockets to handle that. So I was like, nah, I ain't going nowhere. Then something happened at the house where we had to take care of some stuff. So I had to dip into my stash. And next thing I know, my my stash gone. It has to make sense. Um, I always say this. If common sense was common, everybody would have it. If your rent is going to cost you $2,000 and you only making $2,000, you don't have nothing. You might as well stay where you're at. So for me, it has to mathematically add up. It has to feel right. It has to it just has to fall in place, it has to connect. And some things just aren't good business decisions. Tell me about a failure that you faced in your career, um, but you learned from it and you grew from it. Ah, um, <clears throat> sometimes. Um, it's not what you say, but it's how you say it. And I've had to learn over the years. Corn didn't have a filter. If I thought it, it just came up and came out. And I've lost some really good clients from just letting them have it. Like, dude, you're 15 minutes late. What's going on, man? You could have called. You could have texted. And it was like, well, 
I was in the hospital. Oh, my fault. So you had to lose one or two to really gain that. So now it's my approach is different. It's, hey, man, are you okay? Is everything good? Something going on? But my reputation is don't be late. Don't miss no appointment. I learned working at Insight, being a supervisor, that you have to treat your employees better than they deserve to be treated. In service, you have to treat your clients better than they deserve to be treated. If you have to question whether you need to say it or not, don't. It's like writing that email and you're upset because you just bought something and it's falling apart or whatever. And you're using all colorful language that are four letters. And then you come back the next you you type it up, save it as a draft and then come back and read and say, well, I want somebody to talk to me like that. You attract more bees with honey. Sometimes being nice is better. So I've learned now to, you know, man, is everything okay? Because I'll be upset. I'll be talking garbage on the way. I'm going to let them have it when I see them. Oh, I can't wait. Let them come in. I'm going to say this. And I get there and I just get soft and be like, man, what's going on, man? You all right? Look, man, you asked me to move your appointment from 10 to 9 o'clock every week. And every week, you 10 minutes late, man. What are we going to do about this? Man, man, I won't be late anymore. All right. Appreciate it. And you see what happens. I would say you attract more bees with honey. Treat people better than they deserve to be treated. So when you do have to eject that client or cut them off when they tell the story and it gets back to you filtered. Um, and they say, you just cut them off and say, well, come on, man, you didn't hear me talk to them 15 times or five times. You know, my rule is three. And the difference with you and me, I mean, you and I is that when you don't show up, I don't make any money at all. Duke energy still comes. Car note still comes. My daughter's student fees come. Child support still comes. My cell phone bill has to stay paid. I got to pay this booth rent so I can continue to do this. So when you don't show up, it really affects more than just me. Where you may have PTO time or vacation time or sick time. I'm the end all be all. I'm the, I'm the beginning and the end. If I don't come in, I don't make any money. So I just kind of really would prefer if you would at least... Give me at least two hours heads up. You know, I have people that say, if you get any counsels, call me. Then I can fill that spot and then we can work on you later. But yeah, you attract more bees with honey. Treat people better than they deserve to be treated. You mentioned end all be all. Is it just you or do you have a team of people? Do you have an accountant, a lawyer, an assistant? (laughs) No, I have a team of people. Uh, And it's funny that sometimes my clients are my team. Uh, I have one client, uh, Cameron Napier. This guy's been doing most of my business cards since he was in high school. Now he's married with a child. That's one of my, that's part of my marketing team. He does my website. He did my website for me also. My wife, I'm going to give her credit for this one, came up with the, when you look good, you feel good. I bounce ideas off her. My daughter, I bounce ideas off her. Like, you think this will look good? She'd be like, "Mm mm-mm, don't do that. When it comes to business, different barbers that um, I trust, Nick Cure, of course, James Crawford. There's so many others uh, that I'll bounce ideas off. And sometimes I play it close to my chest and just consult with myself and just kind of sit back and watch um, and pay attention to things online. It's always, uh, as far as my team, I I try to bounce certain ideas off people that I know are shooting to me straight. Um, One of my good homies, Mike, he just, he has no filter. That's, That's what I need or... My good friend and neighbor, Frank, he'll be like, nah, that's just terrible. Or he'll be like, it's good, but it would be better if you did X, Y, Z. People that just 
just will be honest with you, but will, but will want to help you succeed and want to be a part of it. When your clients feel a part of um, your business, it'll succeed more. I, example, I made some shirts. Uh, I am corn the barber and I gave them away and people are walking up to you like, oh, so you corn? And they're like, no, I'm not corn. And, and one of my clients said, well, why'd you do that? I said, I did that because corn with some clippers is just corn with some clippers. But without clients, you're just as much a part of this as I am. It's like, man, but I want to wear the shirt. I want to explain it to him that I'm not you. So he was like, next time, make sure you say, who is corn the barbersaw? That might have to be a shirt down the line. But uh, just listen to those little jewels clients tell you that they don't even know they told you. Like with my client card, uh, my client appreciation card. I came up with that uh, from when you go to Kroger's, you get a discount. When you go to Subway, you get a discount. There was a barber in New York. I cannot think of his name now. He was doing 10 cuts and get your 11th free. I was like, man, that's a lot of haircuts. So God, seven is God's perfect number. So I said, okay, um, if you pay for six, you get your seventh free. And my clients said money, when, when their money get funny or if they have kids, they're like, oh, that's perfect. So just things like that, uh, that they appreciate and uh, just bounce those ideas off people. I know, I know you're up at like four or five in the morning getting started. So I <laughs> let people know what, when does your day start and end? But most importantly, like when do you find time to actually manage your business? Oh, wow. Um, and my first appointment is at 6am or 5am or 7am. My goal is to be in the car an hour ahead of time. That gives me, cause it takes me about 20 minutes to get to work. That gives me an extra 30 or 40 minutes to, oh, I've got to pick up this money order. Or let me go ahead and pick up some breakfast. Poor planning equals poor performance. Planning is probably the biggest key. Uh, sometimes I'll finish early, close the door so people in, in the loft or in the business will think I'm not there. And I'll sit in the barber chair to see what my clients see. Oh, I see a ball of hair over there under that chair. I knew I missed something. Just taking a little bit of time for the detail stuff. When I need to do a lot of business things related to the shop, that off day Monday, sometimes I'll do it. With technology, now you can do so much from your phone and from your laptop that that cuts a lot of the running around like a chicken with your head cut off. But sometimes you need to go see people. So most of the time, that's, that's a Monday where, like this Monday, I drop my daughter off at school. She has to be there at by 730 Normally pick her best friend up, shoot the buskins, they get some donuts, something to drink. I normally drop them about 7.15. I can run to the shop real quick, even though I'm not there on that Monday. Throw some towels in the washer, go hit Myers or Sam's Club, pick up paper towels, juices for the refrigerator, chips, whatever. Come back. Okay, the towels are done. Let me throw them in the dryer. Or sometimes just take the day off and just do it from the house. But planning, 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 because when you own a business, there is absolutely always something to do. When you think you have it all done, something else pops up. People from an, out, an outsider looking in, you know, we may look at barbers and say, you all view each other as competition. Um, but how important is networking and how important is networking with other barbers and networking with other individuals and businesses in different industry industries? Wow. That's a, to me, that it's... It's like with anything, it's power in numbers. Imagine if all barbers in the city of Cincinnati met up or all the major barbershops met up and said, look, 
kids haircuts now, no matter where you go, just a haircut, no designs, no nothing else is $15. It makes it a more even playing field. Um, and it makes it better for the industry and for the consumer. As far as networking, I may be using one product and you may be using a different product and we both can come together and show each other why we use these different products and how we use these products and make sure it's a product that our clients can't just go to Walmart and buy, which therefore helps both of us add two more services because I had a service I was using for and you had a service. So now we have two services now and we can retail that product to our clients. So now you took it from just a cut and a service to that retail money too. Just that one interaction has made both barbers better, made them have a relationship to communicate better. And it just it makes it a to me, you know who you're dealing with. Um, you can't just pull a wool over somebody's eyes. Most importantly, that's how you get better. One barber uh, goes here. Hey, I learned this new technique here. Let me show you. Well, I'm gonna take it back to my barbershop. So now I went from two people knowing it to seven people knowing it. Then they go tell their buddy. Now it went from seven people knowing it to 21 people knowing it. Now the whole city knows that whole process. As far as um, with other industries, I think supporting each other, definitely in the hair care industry, um, as far as barbers and stylists um, and pushing each other to focus on getting better, being more professional. Because let's just be honest, in the African-American community, when it comes to getting your hair done by a barber or a stylist, most people experience is, man, they always late or they always running behind. It gives the stereotype of, well, I have a 12 noon appointment, so I can really show up at 12.15 or 12.30 and it won't matter until you run into that barber that's consistent and on a schedule. I'm finding more and more barbers are doing online booking to maximize their time and their clients time. Massage therapists, um, makeup artists are doing online booking. So when you have a beauty industry that's going towards online booking and using technology, it makes everyone more professional or the presentation is more professional. So I think crossing and taking tips from other businesses are definitely a good thing. Just like with my client card, Kroger's, I get a discount with their card. Um, Subway, I got a card. I think Rimsky Biggs has a card. I mean, everyone has a card or something or some type of incentive incentive for you. So why wouldn't I do that as a small business? I'm just I'm the same as them. I'm just a whole lot small. But my clients money spend just as well as Kroger's clients or customers spend. So just to me, just putting those little ideas together. OK, I hope you all enjoyed this conversation. Got something valuable from it again if you haven't listened to part one uh, make sure you check out episode 29 make sure you do that if you are interested in getting in contact with corn the barber his instagram is corn the barber <laughs> c-o-r-n-d-a barber his website is corncuts.com c-o-r-n-c-u-t-t-z as in zebra.com remember this podcast is available on itunes stitcher soundcloud and google play for you to subscribe to and you can always go find all these episodes on the website thebalanceroom.com i want to take a second and just say hey and happy new year to one of my incredible listeners of the podcast mel i appreciate you until next episode this is your host musician and producer ingrid wood take care god bless and stay balanced 
This is Cornelius J. Bell, a.k.a. Corn the Barber. You are listening to the Balance Room Podcast. Y'all come on around here and learn something. You finish that up. Put that on there, Ricky. Put that on the other side over there. See, in my day, a barber was mold and just somebody would sit around in a fubu shirt with a draw hanging all out. Mm-hmm. In my day, a barber was a counselor. He was a fashion expert, uh, he, he style coach, pimp, just general all-around hustler. But the problem with y'all cats today is that you got no skill, no sense of history. And then, with a, with a straight faith, got the nerve to want to be somebody, want somebody to respect you. But it take respect to get respect. Understand?